What is good guys, welcome to Top House Sports, where we analyze and break down sports games from the week as well as our reactions and predictions from this past week. I'm Hansel Chiu along with Kaden Mutamit and we have a lot to talk about so let's get started. So the biggest surprise team in the NBA right now we all know is the Utah Jazz. After trading away Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert in the offseason, they're expected to tank and try to get Victor Webayama in the draft. But surprisingly, they're the first seed in the Western Conference with a record of 10-3. and And in that process, they have beaten some pretty tough teams, such as the Nuggets, the Clippers, the Grizzlies, and the Hawks. So for you, Caden, do you think they're able to keep this level of production, or are they just going to drop down later in the season? Um, To be honest, I think that they can maintain this production because of their depth. I feel like the quality of the players in their rotation really can't be matched by that of other teams. Like, they have... um. THT coming off the bench they have a bench like they have Jordan Clarkson now the rotation like they have Larry Markin and Mike Conley um they just have so many solid players Colin Sexton like for example just so many players that can give you 20 on any given night so they'll always be a threat to take a game from you I don't know how much of a threat they'll be come playoff time but for the time being in the regular season I think that they will be able to not not maybe not this amount maybe they'll start losing some games once they play like more competition but for now, I think that they will be a playoff team, which is crazy to say. I, I don't know how. I don't think they're able to keep this level of production. I'm going to be completely honest with you. It's just the way this roster is constructed, I don't see them competing with other top teams later in the season. I know they've been on fire right now. Laurie Markin is looking like a top five player. He's low-key looking like an MVP player right now, but let's just be honest right now. There's no superstar on this team. I just don't see them winning as much games later in the season after this hot start right now. Um. I just don't see their vision right now with winning all these games. Yeah, sure, if they make the playoffs, but why would you make the playoffs, right? They don't have a superstar. Uh, There's no direction in them in the future if they make the playoffs. They should be tanking for a generational star such as Webinyama or Scoot Henderson, but the record just says otherwise. So I'm just kind of confused with this team because right now you have a team that does not have star players, a team that's just a lot of role players that are playing out of their minds right now. But for them to continue to win games and win games, and if they make the playoffs, I just think it might hurt them more in the future than, like, right now. Because cool, it'll be, like, it'll be nice for them to make the playoffs. It'll be nice for their fan base and for the confidence of all these players. But for the direction of this team, I just don't see it being beneficial for them trying to make the playoffs. Um, While I agree... Uh, to a certain extent, I feel like they're like their situation picks wise, like they have three picks this year that they're gonna be um given. Uh, I know there's one conditional pick, but it's gonna be like that's the Nets pick. They're gonna be given the worst out of the I believe the Rockets, Sixers, and the Nets. And so as of right now, that's looking like a lottery pick. And they also own the Wolves pick from the Rudy Gobert trade this year. They, that's a second lottery pick. So maybe. They have the ability to like stretch out and maybe gain some playoff experience while also being able to go into that rebuild the next season. Because as we know, like playoff experience is really like not it isn't really hard to come by, but it's so beneficial to have that on your team. So if they do want to try and contend relatively soon, I feel like it would be beneficial for them for sure. I mean, they did dump off the contracts of Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert, so I would say they still have some cap space. I know Mike Conley's contract is pretty big, but um, they, I, I still think they have a lot of cap space to maybe get a star player in the offseason. But let's just look at the players right now. Laurie Markkinen, Caden, do you think he's able to keep this level of production up as well throughout the season, or do you think he's going to drop off later? 
Honestly, I don't see him keeping it up, but I'm hopeful he can because I feel like he's been like solid throughout his entire career, but he's been riddled by injuries, uh, at least beginning in Chicago, and hasn't really found like solid production since. He did have like like a decent amount of good games playing at the starting small forward position for the Cleveland Cavaliers, but I don't know, man. I, I, I'm a fan of him. I think that he's a very multidimensional player. He's seven foot, can shoot the ball, and create for himself but I don't think he can carry this load of this offense to where they need to be. Me too, I agree. I don't think he's able to keep this level up. I mean, I think right now he's been shooting the lights out for all the games he's been playing. I don't think there was a game where he's just been struggling shooting the basketball. So I know at some point it's going to come down to earth. It's going to fall back to reality, and he's going to come back to his normal shooting percentage. But I think it's really great for him, just maybe as trade trade potential, like, trade value or even um if it like when it goes to the offseason i'm not sure what his contract is right now but if he's a free agent in like what a year or two then that's really going to draft like that's really going to boost his chances of getting more money in the offseason all right so now we have the utah jazz out the way let's talk about something a little more controversial this past week Kyrie irving and the nets we all know what happened he was suspended kind of indefinitely by the nets for anti-semitic stuff he posted online do you think Kyrie was rightfully suspended, or do you think that the Nets were being too hard on him? Um, I think it's a bit of both, but I'm I'm gonna be honest. Like, you should, as an organiza- organization, if a player comes out and has anything track like <clears throat> that, you can track back to them about any religious, racist, any any just things that you know can't pass. There has to be repercussions. However, I feel like the handling in this situation has been maybe the worst possible handling because you saw he donated $500,000, which is very good. And I I feel like Kyrie in the past has done some really notable things for his community. I don't think he has hatred in him toward anyone in particular. I just think that this situation has just gotten blown out of proportion. What are your thoughts on it, though? For me, I don't think he should have been suspended the way he has been. I think there should have been repercussions for, um, for what he did, but um, but for the NBA, they take anti-Semitism very seriously. And we see in the past, uh, players that have come across the line have been pretty much suspended or kicked off the NBA. Uh, we know two years ago, Myers Leonard of the Miami Heat, he was on stream and then he said some pretty racial slurs, something about uh, the Jewish community online. And he got suspended by the Heat, he got suspended by the NBA, and now he has no place in the league right now no team wants to offer him a contract because he's not a bad player but what he said i don't think any team wants to just take up that controversy of taking him so we see what the nba can do we see what the nba have done in the past so i'm not really surprised to see Kyrie irving being suspended this long because of the history of what the nba has done to players who have said anti-semitic things but the punishment procedure Kyrie had to go through i think might be a little excessive uh, first of all, let's get to what he said. Kyrie didn't really say anything out of his own personal mouth or tweet that was aimed directly at the Jewish community. He tweeted a link about a controversial movie that talked about African-American community and Jewish people. And in the movie, I was looking up online, um, the movie was just more about like having like African-Americans being more woke, being like, you know, like the controversial stuff was like being more woke, not trusting the government too much, that kind of stuff. So I think his intention was kind of like wake up the black community, try to be like, hey, let's wake up, let's try to make some change, that type of thing. I don't really think he knew 
too much that there was like anti-Semitic things inside of the movie. And you know Kyrie Irving, his beliefs, he's kind of like very aware, kind of accepting to all beliefs. So I'm not sure if it's on him that he didn't do his research and see like what was inside the movie that could make it controversial or like he just blatantly did not see it and he was trying to do something for his good. But either way, although the movie was controversial, I don't think it should have led him to have to, to do a whole checklist to get back onto the court. And we see like the, the things that he had to go back to do. He has to do like community service. He has to go through anti-Semitic training. He has to meet with the coach. He has to meet with the NBA. Like he has to do all of this checklist just to get back on the court. So what was your reaction when you saw that checklist? Like, do you think it was excessive or not? Um, I thought it was a bit excessive. However, I feel like it's definitely like sending a message through the entire league. Like this stuff doesn't like. You, you, it, it doesn't fall. Like, if you say anything, like, any anti-Semitic things, or even if you just, exp- like, just provide that you have hatred to, toward anyone in particular, any group, um, that's not going to fly with the NBA. And going back to your point, um, Kyrie has, like, he converted to Islam, and he started practicing Islam. I know he's also explored Buddhist beliefs. I think he's traveled and also gone to... Uh, places where he's practiced with authentically Buddhist people. And so I think that he really, like, he's very open religiously. And I don't think he'd mean any hatred by what he did. But, of course, it's going to come off like that when you provide a link to a a movie that has those details in it. And so while it was maybe not his truest intention, I feel like it's important to emphasize that if something of this caliber happens, if any sort of media comes out where it shows that uh, a sports pl- a sports player in general just is supporting some type of hate speech, hate hatred toward anyone, it's not going to fly within the league. I don't even think it's just the NBA that would do that. I think, honestly, that if anything were to come out in other leagues like the NFL, maybe not the MLB, but I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, I think the MLB actually as well. But yeah, uh, I don't think that any of that stuff would fly really. And so it's just it's an emphasis on just ensuring that this doesn't happen in the future and that they know the repercussions are serious if you were to. And if you're the Brooklyn Nets as the GM, as the owner, so we know what Kyrie can do on the court. He is a very phenomenal player. Top five in the point guard position when healthy. But with all this off-court antics, all of this stuff that's up on him, being so controversial, having all this drama, do you think that it's worth for him to stay or should he be traded out of Brooklyn? I mean, honestly, before the situation even happened, I feel like the Brooklyn Nets were just not cohesive together. And so I was thinking that maybe Kyrie should be traded beforehand. Now, with this situation as well, I don't know whether it's like, of course it's going to sway their way toward a certain opinion i don't know whether it's to trade or keep him but i know Kyrie. you know we both know what Kyrie can bring to a basketball team although maybe not the most tremendous leader his talent on the court is undeniable so to give up on that talent you'd have to get some sort of just really good deal back and i feel like you shouldn't feel obligated to trade him necessarily but if a offer strikes you're like if an offer comes by and you think that it's in the best interest of a team i think you shouldn't hesitate because of this i think that this really like emphasizes that oh Kyrie may provide a lot more problems than solutions to this brooklyn nets team and so maybe changes are needed 
I mean, for Kyrie and the Brooklyn Nets, I don't think there's going to be a trade offer that they're looking for that could match his value on the court. Because we all know his controversy, his drama that he brings. I don't think any NBA team is just going to be worth it to give up so many prizes, so many prospects, so many players just to get him and have to deal with all this drama. So if you're the Brooklyn Nets, you're in a tough situation. You're not going to get the offer that you're looking for, like we saw in Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. We all saw like the huge overload package that was sent over for those players. They're not going to get that same package for Kyrie Irving, unfortunately, even though I would say Kyrie Irving is better than both of them players and he deservingly should deserve that package of compensation. But just the drama he brings, the controversy that he brings with him, no team is going to be able to say, hey, let's just do it. Like, let's take on the controversy. No team wants to do that. And if you're Kyrie Irving, do you think he'll have a spot in this league, let's just say in two, three years? Because we know he's not going to fall off anytime soon. But in two to three years, do you think he's still able to be in the league? Or do you think no, no team's just going to pick him up? Honestly, I think it comes down to Kyrie himself. I know there's rumors already of him maybe like looking into retirement, which is crazy. But honestly, I feel like Kyrie is the type of player to retire in his prime. So I don't know if it's going to be necessarily no team wants him because he's such a good talent. I feel like that talent, any any NBA team is going to want it, like regardless of the scenario. Like I feel like it's very different with Myers Leonard. Myers, My, Myers Leonard, <laughs> sorry. Um he was at best maybe a solid rotational player. Kyrie's a multi-time all-star, a champion, and you just know what he can do. And I feel like it's undeniable the fact that he can provide so many, um, just, just so many po- positives for a team that's looking to contend. And so I don't think he's necessarily gonna fall out the league like Leonard did, but similarly. I think that we could see him not be in the league in the next couple of years due to him making that decision for himself. For sure. Let's move on to the NFL now. Week 10, right around the quarter, and we have a Thursday night game today with the Atlanta Falcons and the Carolina Panthers. And let's get it going. Who do you have winning that game? Um, I have the Atlanta Falcons, although these two teams are really, like, toward the bottom tier. I feel like the... It, the Falcons have kind of impressed, but they're sl- starting to slow down a little bit. Um, I do have the Falcons taking this one, though, because I feel like the Panthers just have so many questions. Like, the QB, PJ Walker, and Baker Mayfield, that's that's a question mark right there. Um, the only, like, they just traded McCaffrey, so Hubbard is now their starting running back. And we know that their defense is really the, been the strong suit for the past couple of years, but again, they're not that healthy right now. And I feel like the Falcons are starting to figure things out or at least started to hopefully they can continue that into this week i think that they have a really easy matchup in the, in their favor so i will take the atlanta falcons in this one i'll agree with y'all taking i'm taking the atlanta falcons over the panthers we all know the falcons weren't going to be that good this year but they kind of been surprising they've been solid not great but they've been pretty solid and they've been some teams that that they shouldn't have beat so shout out to the falcons i think this should be I wouldn't say an easy victory, but this this should be a victory where they should be able to pull it through. Let's move on to another game. The Texans and the Giants. Who do you have winning that game? I think this will be a fairly easy like win for the Giants. I think that the Texans' run defense really struggles um, against opponents, and I think Saquon Barkley is going to fully take advantage of that. So, honestly, not too much to dive in deep here. I think that they're just simply the better team. Definitely, if you have running backs or Daniel Jones in your fantasy team for if on your fantasy team, I think you're gonna have a very great feeling this week because I'm also taking the Giants. We all know the Texans; they don't play well against the run, 
And Saquon Barkley averages at least 20 carries every game. So I think Saquon Barkley is going to have over 120 yards this game. We're also going to take the Giants as well. Do we have an AFC matchup, the Broncos and Titans? Who do you have winning that game? I honestly think this is going to be a close game because both defenses stand out toward maybe the top of the league. However, we saw last week for both of these teams, the offense has really struggled. And so I think that, honestly, with Derrick Henry being that powerhouse option for the Titans, he's going to have a big game for that offense. And I think the Titans are going to squeeze it out, but it's going to be a close game in my opinion. The Broncos, we all know they have probably the best defense in the league, but in terms of their run defense, they are not on the top as some other teams. And we all saw what happened when they played the Raiders. That time, Josh Jacobs had over 150 yards. So I don't see any difference with Derrick Henry. And I would say Derrick Henry is way better than Josh Jacobs. This O-line is starting to figure it out. They're getting healthy. And Derrick Henry is just going to have a field day with the Broncos. I'm also taking the Titans over the Broncos. Then we have Jacksonville against Kansas City. Who do you have winning that game? Um, I think I have Kansas City fairly easy. I, I think that um we may see a surprise. I don't think that this game is not going to be like extremely competitive. I think that the, I'll say the Chiefs are going to win, say, 35 to 20. I think that this is going to be a decent margin, but I don't expect them to get completely blown out. Uh, Kansas City should easily win this one. There should be no question about it. I'm not going to dive too deep into it. Give me Kansas City over the Jaguars. Then we have a pretty interesting game right here, the Browns and the Dolphins. Who do you have winning that game? Ooh, honestly, this could go either way because I feel like the dominance of the run through, but I don't know, the defense is so good as well for the Dolphins. I'm going to take the Dolphins, but I expect this to be a very good game as well. I just have a feeling the Browns actually might win this game. Um, we all know what the secondary can do. They disrupted Joe Burrow in their Monday night game. So I just think that their run game is just going to cause a lot, a lot of harm to this Dolphins team. It's just going to take up a lot of time, a lot of energy. It's going to take off like so much energy on the defense, and it's going to waste a lot of time. That It's just going to get them enough for the win. So give me the Browns over the Dolphins. And then this is a very interesting one right here. The Colts and the Raiders, two teams that have been the epitome of disappointment in this NFL season. <laughs> so which disappointing team is going to come out on top this year? Is there a way to pick neither? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I no. wish I could pick a tie, but yeah. I don't think it's going to happen. Um, I really don't know. Like, I feel like this could go either way. Um, It's really unknown still if Jonathan Taylor is going to play in this game too. So that's a question mark. But for now, you know what? I've known to not pick the Raiders, so... I'm going to stay stick with that. I'm not going to pick the Raiders. I'm going to pick the Colts to win this just because I feel like the Raiders are more of a disappointing team. <laughs> the Raiders, every single time I choose them to win, they just somehow completely blown up in my face. Like last <laughs> week, they had a 17-0 lead against the Jacksonville Jaguars. And we all thought that, like, hey, they're kind of finding their groove. They're able to win games now. And it just does not seem to happen. So I'm not learned to, I learned to not trust my enemies. So I'm going to choose the Colts over the Raiders as well. <laughs> now we have the Steelers and the Saints. Who do you have winning that game? Honestly, this might be an unexpected take, but I think that the Steelers can win this game. Um, I think that, uh, I don't know, their offense, while it's been a little rocky to start, Kenny Pickett has really looked solid throughout, a, throughout I think, a chunk of it all. And so I'm expecting him to play really well against this supposedly good defense but 
I don't know. They're not hitting on the cylinders in which they need to hit. So I think I'm I'm gonna take the Steelers. Uh, I got the Saints over the Steelers for this game. I don't think that. Mm, I mean, I don't see anything positive about this Steelers offense. Najee Harris has somehow completely fallen off a cliff, and I don't think he's gonna have an easy matchup against the Saints this year either. And for the wide receivers, I mean, they're not great. Let's be honest. No Chase Claypool, Deontay Johnson's been kind of inconsistent this year. And George Pickens, yeah, he's great. He makes spectacular catches. But I don't know. I just don't see that happening against the Saints defense. And I just kind of trust Chris Olave, Alvin Kamara, and this Saints offense a little bit more than the Steelers. And we have a very great matchup right here. The Vikings and the Bills. Vikings 7-1. The Bills arguably the best team in the league. This is going to be a fun one, but who do you have winning this game? Listen, so two stories. One, Josh Allen fully healthy. Two, Josh Allen with a PCL injury in his left elbow. And I think that while he's not completely healthy, this Minnesota Vikings team with their newly acquired tight end looked really good last week. And so I don't know, man. I I have a feeling that they're going to be able to pull it out too. So I'm going to take the Vikings. I feel like this is a game where the Vikings kind of get stumped. They've kind of been playing really well this entire time, but I don't think the Vikings played a defense this caliber as the Buffalo Bills since week two against the Eagles, and we all saw what happened. They kind of got stumped. They got stopped. So I'm taking the Bills. I know even though Josh Allen might not be fully healthy, but I still trust him and this offense a little more than the Vikings and them playing against this really great Bills defense. Then we have the Seahawks and the Bucks. This could potentially be a wild card matchup with the Seahawks and Tampa Bay. Who do you have winning this one? I have the Seahawks winning this one. I feel like their defense um, compare is is kind of comparable to the Bucks. I think the Bucks take it a little bit, but the Bucks offense has looked so rocky throughout the entire season. While the Seahawks have figured it out, I feel like I, I, it's safe to say that now with Kenneth Walker st- starting at the running back position. Having Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf and Geno Smith actually playing like a very, very solid quarterback. And so I'm going to take the Seahawks in this one. I want to agree with you so bad, but Kenneth Walker's been playing out of his mind. And I just feel like this is the game where he kind of slows down a little bit against this Tampa Bay defense. We know Tampa Bay's offense is not the greatest of the greats, but I think Brady is starting to figure it out a tiny bit. And I kind of trust that offense a tiny bit more than the Seahawks which is kind of funny to say because Tampa Bay has been playing pretty awfully on the offensive side but I've, this Seahawks offense kind of relies on Kenneth Walker and if he doesn't perform then they, they're not really going to win games I know Geno Smith has been playing pretty consistently as well but I just I don't know I think this Tampa Bay defense is going to be too much for the Seahawks and Tom Brady's just going to do enough to get it done so I got the Bucks over the Seahawks. Yeah, and if I, if I've learned anything about my entire life, it's to never count out Tom Brady. So I won't be surprised if they win either. And we got a very interesting one here too: the Lions and the Bears, two teams that have been on the bottom of the league record-wise, but they are both pretty fun teams to watch. So who do you have winning this game? Give me the Bears, man. I think that Justin Fields is look starting to look like the player that people thought he could become in the NFL and I'm here for it. Um his running ability was really prevalent in last week's um unfortunate close loss to the Dolphins. But I feel like we really got to see a glimpse of who he is and that's someone as a QB who can put up 115 rushing yards, which is yeah. unfathomable in my opinion but yeah i'm excited for him and his future and i think that he can get a win this week for sure i'm agree with you too give me the chicago bears over the uh the detroit lions 
Um, Justin Fields. I mean, this guy's been playing great. I don't think he's going to be rushing for 115 yards, I would say, this game. I'm not surprised if he does, but I just feel like he's going to start improving more on the throwing ability. Now he has Chase Claypool. Um, David Montgomery, I think he's coming back, and the Lions aren't that great on the run defense as well. So if Montgomery plays, but even if he doesn't, Khalil Herbert, the backup, he's also a great backup. I think that run game is going to be the deciding factor over the Lions on Sunday. Then we have a division matchup with the Cardinals and the Rams. Who do you have taking that one? With DeAndre Hopkins back, you can confidently say that Kyler Murray has a number one wide receiver to throw to. And I feel like it's going to be even better once Marquise Brown comes back as well. But now, I'm specifically for this game, I feel like they're further ahead, it, it, the, the Cardinals are, in the aspect of I, I, I believe in them. I don't believe in the Rams at all. I feel like they're struggling so much. Cooper Cup has given you solid stats almost every game. But besides him, this offense has really been stagnant. And so... I really don't see, um, although it's tough to say because the defense for the Rams is also really good. And so we may see just like them, we may see DeAndre Hopkins. No, DeAndre Hopkins is not getting locked up by Jalen Ramsey. But I'm sorry, (laughs) it's getting a little sidetracked here. But I'm going to overall take the Cardinals. I think that they have a little stretch over the Rams. I think that the Rams still have some things to figure out internally before they start to really take off and compete and they just really aren't the same team that they were last season. And I think that's because of one person. It's it's tough. I know I'm going to say this. It may not, like, you may not agree with this, but I think Von Miller's impact was really, really underrated for this team in the manner that he just performed out of, like, this world, like, during their playoff run. And I don't think that, (laughs) like, they have a replacement for him quite yet that can fill into those shoes. So, So it'll be interesting. But I think that the Cardinals will come out on top. Uh, I'm not too sure if Matthew Stafford's playing. I think he might be on concussion protocols. So even if he does play or if he doesn't play, I'm taking the Cardinals over the Rams as well. And I got the Cowboys and Packers. I think we all know where this is going to go. Listen, I've gone against the Packers for three straight weeks, and I've been right every single time. I'm going for a fourth. Give me the Cowboys. I mean, if this is the Green Bay from last year or even two years ago, I would say Green Bay will come out on top. But my oh my, they've just been looking so horrendous on the offensive side. And this Cowboys defense, it's one of the top in the league. They're going to have a field day with Aaron Rodgers. Then we have the Sunday night matchup, a great one here, the Chargers and the 49ers. Who do you have taking this game? This is probably one of the more competitive games, I feel like, for this week. Um, Give me the 49ers, man. I think this is going to be such a good game. I'm definitely going to tune in for this. I'm so excited to see McCaffrey against Austin Eckler, that type of dyma- dynamic. And then these two supposedly powerhouses of defenses, I know Joey Bosa and J.C. Jackson may not be healthy. J.C. Jackson is also having a very, very bad year. But anyways, I think that this defense has been hitting for the Niners in the way that they've been consistent throughout the entire year. However, their their offense was a bit rocky. But now, with McCaffrey, with Kittle back, with Ayuk finally performing, with Debo Samuel, I think he's playing. I'm I'm not too sure about that. We'll see. But this, this team should be legit. And so I, I will take the 49ers. I think the 49ers are better than the record says. They're 4-4, four and four, but they have all these star players. They have all these pieces, and I think they're starting to figure it out. The Chargers, on the other hand, they have such a star-studded lineup, but they're just, they're just the Chargers, man. Like, they just never be able to figure it out. I mean, I'm not sure if that's coaching, but we saw in their games, Justin Herbert barely targets his wide receivers anymore. He just always dumps it onto Austin Eckler, and that's not a recipe for success, especially with the talent that Justin Herbert has, his ability to throw the ball super long, super far down the field, make big plays. 
I think just might be the coaching, man. Like, Justin Herbert is being underutilized in this Chargers offense. And this Chargers defense is pretty underwhelming as well. They have been, like, they have not been able to cover anybody at all. And last week, they like they, they almost lost to the Atlanta Falcons. And you're supposed to be this team that's able to compete in the playoffs and even have eyes on the Super Bowl. Yeah, I don't trust the Chargers at all. Give me the 49ers over the Chargers. And let's move on to the last game of um of Week 10. The Monday night matchup between the Commanders and the Eagles. I think we all know where this one's going to go. Yeah, Um. about that. Let's go Commanders. I think that they got this in the bag. I'm going to be straight up. I think that this is the type of team that will beat this 8-0 team. I know that th- uh, this is going to sound extremely, extremely shocking, but hear me out. They had a very, very good game last week against the Vikings and came up barely short. It was due to, I feel like, um, I, I forget what happened. I think it was a Taylor Heineke interception, but it was a three-point game down the stretch. They had a real chance to come out on top, and I feel like, I don't know. From what I saw with that offense, um, Brian Robinson looked good running the ball. Taylor Heineke, the connection to Curtis Samuel and um, t- Terry McLaurin. Overall, I think that group is going to be really good. And so just listen, it's going to be a close game, but I think that it's going to be a game-winning field goal by the Commanders this game. Okay, so you did choose the Jets over the Bills last last week. And to be fair, the Bills are a pretty good team. You can't say the same thing about the Commanders, man. They're playing against the 8-0 Eagles, and I just feel like you're underrating this defense. The Eagles have probably the top three defense in the entire NFL. Their secondary is locked down. Brian Robinson is not going to be able to run the ball against the Eagles because their front seven is also amazing as well. And I know they had a great game offensively, but I think that's going to slow down against the Eagles. And the Eagles' offense, they're a very run-heavy offense with Jalen Hurts and Miles Sanders. I don't think the Commanders can stop that. And even mm. if they do, they have A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, and Hurts has been balling out as a passer as well. And even though you might be close, I still don't see the Eagles losing at all. Yeah, just one thing. I feel like even without Chase Young, this front seven for the Commanders has been so impressive this year. I feel like they're they're just been like under the radar completely. I was watching even in the past couple of weeks. I feel like they're just consistently getting to the quarterback, and we'll see if Jalen Hurts struggles with that. Honestly, this will be I think a better game than people may think. That at least will be the case. I don't think that this is going to be a blowout. I think that there's a chance that the Commanders win, and that's why I'm going to take the Commanders. But obviously, the popular vote would go to the Eagles. I mean, Jalen Hurts, he's very elusive. He's very mobile. So even if they do get to him, I think he's been phenomenal this season in trying to skip the pro- the pocket and getting off of pressure. And I think that's just going to be the deciding factor because, yeah, they do play Kirk Cousins, but Kirk Cousins is not the most mobile quarterback in the entire league. So when they have a player with Jalen Hurts and how dynamic he is, yeah, I don't think there's anyone that could bring him down in that front seven. But that's all we have for today. And for more episodes, check out Top House Sports on Spotify. I'm House of Channel, I'm Kaden with Tamman, and we'll see you next time.